0: Welcome to the Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch-A-Penny Pool Patio Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley, joined by Sweet Spot NFL correspondent Chris Liuzzi, man. Glad to have you uh, back on the show for NFL Week 14, dude.
1: No, I'm glad to be back. This is kind of the time of the year the NFL is really getting into. right? We're hitting December, we're hitting that playoff stretch. It's a great time to get into some NFL talk and looking ahead.
0: Man, yeah, dude. Uh, like you said, this is the last stretch. You know, of course, we have our extra week with week 18 now with 17 games total being played. Playoff pitchers starting to kind of – we're still a little muddy. You know, a little muddy waters there. But, you know, you start looking at some of the individual awards, MVP talk. I mean, that's something that, you know, you're never really sure. You always know it's okay, two or three guys that really stand out to you, one of these three are going to get it. But, uh, man – I'm just going to leave it to you, man. Give it to you. Who do you have that's maybe who you want to talk about first in this MVP discussion?
1: Sure. And, and what's what's funny is you say, and you're right, normally there is kind of that one, two, three guys maybe where you have this clear narrative where it, like, it's like them and then everybody else, right? And this year, kind of similar to the way the standings have gone, it doesn't seem like there is that, right? Like there mm-hmm. isn't. The Mahomes lighting the league up this year. Rogers having his crazy year, like last year, the, the Lamar year. Like there isn't like that one dude who's just absolutely, you know, ahead. Every single MVP candidate this year, potential MVP candidate, has hit their obstacles. This has been one of those years. Yeah. With that said, uh, I think the favorite has to be and who I'd go for if I'm doing it right now, uh, Tom Brady, which is crazy to think about. And his <laughs> as long as he's been playing, Tom Brady. And obviously he's got a great team around him. I am mean, acknowledging that, but I mean he's leading the league in touchdowns. He's leading the league in completions, and they're a Super Bowl favorite. He's got a great completion percentage. I mean, everything. He's just—he doesn't look like he—he—he looks like he's ten years younger. <laughs> still, I mean, we've been saying this year after year with this guy, right? And he yeah. just hasn't, just hasn't fallen off. And what's—he's still averaging. A really high yards per attempt. It's not like his his arms falling off like you see some of these guys. Like he's he's still doing his thing, and he's one of the few who I think hasn't kind of hit a really rough snag that I'm. I'm or I say a snag at all whatsoever. I mean they've had their blips, but he's he's really been rock solid, and yeah, I think he's got to be at least right now a clear favorite. And like you said, we we got a few weeks left. We'll see. But he's he's looked good, man. He's looked really good. What do you see,
0: man? Yeah, Brady uh, of course. Like, this dude is in, is insane. He's unreal. I mean, he leads the NFL with 34 touchdowns, uh, 3,771 passing yards, leads the NFL as well. Uh, there's no slowing him down, man. Um, you know, it's impressive. It really is. And I think, you know, we always mention the age, and I hate when announcers drill the age over and over and over again. But uh, I think even still, we don't appreciate his greatness, you know, and I think it really won't hit home until he's retired. And it's like, man, right. look what he did in his age 44 season. Like, this is insane, you know? That's so, the way uh, it always is, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Every sport. yeah. It, it always, you don't realize until they're gone. You're like, oh, man, I actually got to watch something special, you know?
0: Exactly, man. Uh, yeah, Tom Brady is that guy, man. He's definitely going to be in the conversation as one of the uh, top two, three guys. Now, let me tell you somebody else, man, that has that really just blown away the entire NFL world this year and that's your guy jonathan taylor man uh this guy here is uh he's impressive man i've i loved him at wisconsin you know i would have loved for him to fall towards uh my steelers in last year's draft of course you guys took him in the second round before he had an opportunity not not saying that we would have taken him but i would have tried to get a mike thomas there and see if we could do something but uh (laughs) but yeah man jt this dude. Three uh one thousand three hundred and seventy eight rushing yards, eighteen touchdowns total. They both leave the NFL by far. And he has three hundred and seventy more yards than the next closest running back at number two, and that's Joe Mixon with nine hundred and seventy eight. Man, talk about your guy Jonathan Taylor, man. You you get a chance to see him every single week as you watch uh and dive into the Indianapolis Colts football games. Man, talk about J T for a second. Yeah
1: and and obviously, like you said, I am a Colts fan, so I'm going to admit there's probably bias coming in. But I, I'm I not so sure that if, if you were to do some sort of weird fantasy draft for every single league that he's not the first running back, I take. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think he, they, he, there's no weakness. There's none. He, He's a great pass catcher. Obviously, we have Naheem Hines, so we do that more often. But Taylor still gets his fair share of catches. He's, he's great at that on the screen game. And, and even like doing little wheel routes and stuff, he's not bad at all. And then obviously, the I mean... He just he does everything. He's he's faster than I think people think he would be. He's a big dude. He ran a four two forty, you or four three forty, excuse me. And then you, I feel like you see it all the time in games where he'll hit a hole and get through it, and like it almost looks like the safety or one of the defensive backs almost always just take the wrong route or <laughs> wrong angle on this guy because I don't think they expect him to be as fast as he is. You know, yeah. he gets through and he takes off, man. Which and it's kind of kind of like Henry in that regard, where they're so big, I don't think they realize until you see him on the field just how fast he's moving. But I mean, he just does it all, and and uh, to to his credit, when you mention him as far as MVP goes, I mean that's our offense right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, Wentz, is, to his credit has played really good this year, but like that our offense, our offensive identity is very clearly tailored in that offensive line in front of him, and he's. What his second year in? I mean, he, <laughs> second he's, he's year. He's only going to get better. He's still so young, man. He's so young, and we really we got to steal with Taylor, man. And, and like I said, it admitted bias, but he's at the very least in the discussion for best running back in the league. I don't think this is a fluke thing this year with just a season. Oh I no, no, not at continuously all. Continuously be great. He's he's that guy. He's legit. Yep, yeah, yep,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's no debate. Uh, you know, like there's no fluke with this dude. Anybody that followed him in Wisconsin. You know that as well. I mean, you know, just a few weeks ago, people were harping on the Buffalo Bills as being the best team in the entire NFL. And all JT did was 185 yards rushing, four rushing touchdowns. He also had a receiving touchdown in it as well. And like you said, he's the offense. So Buffalo knew everything goes through JT. But yet they still give up 41 points to your Indianapolis Colts, man. So, uh, yeah, JT, man. He's a baller. I would love for him to win in the NFL MVP award. Not really sure if it's going to happen just because right. the last time it, a running back won the award was 2012 when Adrian Peterson took home those honors. Now, uh, man, you got anybody else on your list that any surprises or who who would you round out as that third guy? Um, who was somebody else that you would include in the conversation?
1: The third guy was I, for the longest time I've been writing Josh Allen I thought he was going to be that guy, but they've kind of stumbled a, a little bit here. And And now if you were to ask me as, as that next guy up after Brady, I think it'd be Aaron Rodgers. Mm. And I, I don't think he has the, vo- the same volume stats as everybody else. He still has the fantastic touchdown interception ratio. It's kind of his calling card, right? He's at 23 passing touchdowns, four interceptions. That's just – he's always been fantastic at that. But I think one of the things we saw with him – it's actually uh, the one game when when Jordan Love had to start, right? Just how lost <laughs> they looked, which mm-hmm. obviously was his first NFL start. But I mean, just the, how much he's doing for that team, right? I mean, which is to be expected. It's Aaron Rodgers, but he he's just kind of like Brady, honestly. I think I think if Brady wasn't playing, Rodgers would probably get a lot of that similar shine. I mean, Rodgers is getting up there too, and he's still there's been zero fall off with him at all, and I, I mean, he's got his team in a. I guess fighting with Brady, he's got his team in a great spot, potentially be the number one seed. At the very least, they're 1,000% a contender, right, coming out of the NFC. Yeah, yeah, no I mean, doubt. He's got, he's got his team in a good spot, and to, and to be fair, he has a, a solid team around him. I mean, I, I know Jones got hurt, but they still got a good run game. Their defense has played really solid. I mean, all around, that's just a really good team. And when you're when you're talking to MVP discussions, you always uh, – is like you – Kind of hinted out with a Taylor. It's a QB award, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Rodgers being on one of the best teams in the league, having a really good season like he is, he you know coming off the winning it last year. It's yeah, I, I think he's he's got to be right there behind him. And I wish it was Josh Allen. I, I think the Bills. <laughs> I guess you can kind of blame the Colts a little bit. I think our our game we had against them put a real dent in. Yeah, you know, it's when I mentioned the the obstacles that some of these MVP candidates were having I think that was one of them you, you can't have some of the the that you know they've had where he's he's looked he's had his rough games right Allen has whereas Rodgers he's just he's still the guy and I don't know when that fall off will happen but it hasn't happened yet. he's, he's still doing his thing
0: <laughs> yeah yeah Rogers, man he's a guy man I tell you the MVP moment for me with him was when he led that victory over the Cardinals which a lot of people have them as the best team now they have the best record beat them on a Thursday night football without MVS without Devontae Adams and without Alan Lazard as well and so he doesn't have his top receivers and he still comes away uh, with a victory over that team on the road. So Aaron Rodgers, he'll definitely be in the MVP conversation as well, man. Uh, I love A-Rod. He's a baller. He's cocky, arrogant, but, man, he makes it look so easy. He's <laughs> so he's, fun to watch. He's fun to watch, man. You can't. Me and my cousin Jeremy were home during Thanksgiving, and we just, man, just in awe of just how good he is and how smooth he makes the game look. Now, let me tell you somebody, man, that, that there's a couple guys I want to mention before we move on to the second segment. Um Man, Cooper Cup, dude. How can you not talk yeah. about Cooper Cup? Like this dude here has thirteen sixty six receiving yards, eleven touchdowns. They both lead the NFL. He has four hundred and thirty seven more yards than the next closest receiver. Four hundred and thirty seven more. I mean, Keenan Allen at number two, with Keenan Allen is like my favorite receiver. That's my dude. But Cooper Cup, man. Like we know that he's not gonna win the award. No receiver has ever won the award. But man, mm-hmm. what
1: about Cooper Cup? No, (laughs) he absolutely deserves a mention. What's crazy with him, too, it's similar like you had mentioned with JT, is you know he's going to get his targets, Mm -hmm. especially with Robert Woods getting hurt. Like, the defenses know that going in.
0: He's always wide open.
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter. He's still wide open every single time. I mean, him and Stafford just have a – which is crazy because it's not like he's been there. (laughs) They look like they've been playing together for a Mm -hmm. decade. Mm -hmm. I mean, their chemistry is obviously special in Cup. I mean, not that he was bad before Cup's – You know, Cup was obviously really good beforehand, but just getting Stafford in there and letting them two work together. I mean, he's my goodness, man. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. No, he's he's special. You're right. He's definitely, absolutely should be in the conversation. And kind of this is again goes back is they just don't ever get the appreciation you want them to when it comes to MVP talk, right? Like it's just it's a QB thing. I mean, you Mm -hmm. you saw with the Michael Thomas had the year he had, he wasn't in discussion or kind of a pseudo running back receiver guy obviously McCaffrey he had just crazy 1000 mm-hmm. 1000 year wasn't in the discussion it, that's insane I don't know what you got to do exactly. <laughs> I don't know what you got to do to enter mm-hmm. those talks but Cubs should be in there for sure I mean and we got a few games left I'm sure he's not going to slow down he's been great
0: man Cooper Cubs an absolute baller love that dude he's smooth with it man uh you know I can't even watch Rams' highlights, man, because I, I, you know, going back to my fantasy football draft where I'm <laughs> in the fifth round, I'm between Russell and Cooper. Russell, who do I, where do I go? And I went with my favorite player, Russell, and, you know, Cooper's having a breakout year beyond breakout years. I mean, he's already a great mm-hmm. receiver, but uh, this dude is impressive, I love Cooper Cup, and he'll be somebody I think we'll, we'll see. Uh, Definitely climb those draft boards in the years to come in fantasy football, man. Now, before we close, man, I gotta mention one more guy. We'll dive in, into this player who I feel like doesn't get enough praise, and he's absolutely amazing at what he does in his craft. TJ Watt, man. Uh, I know it may sound like a homer type deal, but dude, let me just share some numbers with the audience on oh, my guy TJ Watt with the Pittsburgh Steelers. 16 sacks, most in the NFL. 26 QB hits, second in the NFL. He also has four forced fumbles, which are third in the NFL. And I know when people talk about defense players, especially pass rushers, it's always Aaron Donald. It's always Miles Garrett. And then they'll be like, oh, yeah, TJ Watt's good, too. Like, no, he's amazing. Like, what are you talking about? He's good. Like, let me just give you his numbers from last year. Aaron Donald won defensive player of the year, right? Mm-hmm. Well... Who was first in sacks? T.J. Watt. <laughs> T.J. Watt had a sack and a half more than the next person. Okay, who led the NFL in most tackles for loss? Oh, yeah, that was T.J. Watt, too. He had five yep. more than the next closest person. What about QB hits? Who who led the NFL in QB hits? I wonder. Oh, yeah, 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 T.J. It was <laughs> T.J., too. This dude had nine more QB hits than the next closest person. Like, at a minimum, he should be defensive player of the year, he should have been displayed all year last year. Like I just said, QB had hits, tackles for loss, and sacks. He led the NFL in each one of those last year. But it still somehow goes to Aaron Donald. And, you know, I just had to throw my boy T J out there, man, but we know he's not gonna nah, win it either. Good <laughs> it's a good shout out, but he's not gonna win it. The last time a defensive player won the award was in nineteen eighty six when Lawrence Taylor, linebacker yeah, for I'll the see. Giants, man, nineteen eighty six. So we know defensive players don't get any M V P type of recognition. Uh, even in college, they don't even come close to being acknowledged for the Heisman. Like, there's no way Will Anderson for Alabama wasn't a finalist. So, uh, yeah, man. Yeah,
1: no, you're right. Dude, you're right. I-, I had to throw my
0: guy TJ out there just because defense players don't get the love. I'm a defensive guy first. But Taylor, Brady, Rodgers, Watt, Cup, those five guys. To wrap up this segment, we got about 30 seconds left, man. Give me your one pick. If you had a vote for MVP, who would get it?
1: Uh, if the season ending was ending right now, it's got to be Brady. I, I think Brady is again. We already went over. I, I think he's that guy. Barring something catast, you know, catastrophic happening these last few weeks, I, I think he'll end up snagging that award.
0: Man, for me, I'm going with JT. Uh, like you said, he is the Colts' offense. We know he's getting the ball every game. You can't stop him. Steal. It's JT in my book, man. And I know that. It's not likely for him to get the award, but if I had one vote, Jonathan Taylor would definitely be this year's NFL MVP, in my opinion.
1: I can appreciate that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, this next segment, Chris and I will talk about some of the QB expected carousel that's going to take place in the NFL this offseason. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley.
3: Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is the introduction sponsor for The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like big green eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp. Pinchapenny Pool, Patio, and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan, or phone 334-671-POOL. Care Animal Center is a local business partner of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that is dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is careanimal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan, 334-794-6333. Many of us spend more time
1: thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC.
3: Ridgecrest Baptist Church proudly supports all local athletics. At Ridgecrest, we have many opportunities for all ages, including children, middle school, high school, and college students. I'm Chase Fault, the student pastor, and I want to invite you to see how your family might fit in at Richcrest. Learn more on our website at rbcdothan.org. Welcome back to the Sweet
0: Spot, sponsored by Pinch a Penny Pool Patio Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley, I'm joined with my guy, Chris Lee Utsi. Man, this QB carousel that we're expecting to have this offseason a lot of qbs could be on the move kind of like we've seen in recent years which is always mm-hmm. fun when it comes to offseason talk but uh man some huge news came out over this past week with my team the Pittsburgh Steelers right. Ben Roethlisberger man what are your thoughts on some of the news saying that this could be his final season
1: right and that kind of uh hitting the the end of that age of quarterbacks right from from that era you know we've already seen a, a couple retire in big ben he's turning 40 in March, right? He's still still doing it. He's obviously not the big benevolent, but he's still doing his thing. But I I think whether it's his choice or the Steelers' choice, I, I do think it's time, right? Like, at, mm-hmm. at, at some point, it's, he's just not that guy anymore. Not that guy. And when you're the Steelers and you have that defense that you guys do, like, you guys are so close to being a really dominant team, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Ben is just not the guy to fill that role, not anymore anyway. And obviously he's a you know, franchise great. He's been there so long. And he's got a, all the awards and the Super Bowl. I mean, he's, I mean, he's done. He's done it all. It, I guess the big question is, and I, is where I'll throw it back to you, because we talked a little bit about this outside the show. But do you think he would actually play anywhere else, or is is this it? Do you think he retires after this year?
0: Man, you know, I could see both, just because. You know, in our conversations off air, that you know he's a stubborn guy, man. Like when he's injured, he doesn't want to come out, even when he's too injured to play and it's hurting the team, throwing picks yeah, he's done in years past. Uh, so I could see him, and I'm hoping this is the Steelers' decision. Hoping, hope they're pulling the plug and saying, like, hey, we, we're going a different direction. Regardless of what you do, it's time for us to do that. So I'm hoping it's it's us that's making that decision. So I wouldn't be shocked if he left, but I think that he would be calling it quits. Like, if I had to do the percentage, I would say 80% he's retiring, 20% he wouldn't, um, you know, similar to kind of like Philip Rivers, like, you know, that mm. kind of deal. But it's time, man. Big Ben, it's, it's time to we, – we appreciate you, man. You know, like and, – and it's funny because the news comes out and he leads this game-winning drive or this go-ahead <laughs> – big comeback victory against the Ravens cool. that we absolutely needed, man. Maybe that kind of news needs to come out about him every single week because <laughs> l- let me tell you this, let me tell you this. Who leads the NFL in comeback victories? It's two guys that are tied for first. Obviously with me talking about Ben Roethlisberger, it's him with five. Justin Herbert's the other guy at five. So Big Ben when you need him, he can still get it done, but for a grueling eighteen games or eighteen week seventeen game season mm-hmm. It's time for uh, to move on. Give my guy Mason Rudolph a shot. That's who I would love to see. Not sure if it'll be that way, but uh, but yeah, I'm comfortable with Mason Rudolph being the dude if he is the starter next year for sure.
1: And I yeah, I'm with you. And I think there's a decent chance that'll happen. Obviously, we'll we'll get into it as some of these guys are available. I mean, I can see your Steelers trying to make a move for somebody. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ne- ne- next guys, and actually a pair of guys that I think. Kind of their futures seem to be entwined a little bit. Uh, Deshaun Watson, obviously there's a, the giant elephant in the room regarding his legal status and what's going on with that. It really hasn't been an update in a while. I think they're kind of just laying low while the season you know, goes on. But if you try and ignore all that stuff, right, and, and just look at him as, as it is, the Texans are trying to move him. I think the last reports were that they wanted a minimum of three first-round picks. You know, whether they'll get that or not, who knows. But... You've seen multiple reports of, of teams trying to go after him, even with the legal issues. And one of those teams is why I think they're tied together. Miami Dolphins has constantly been in the reports to go after this guy, which you know begs the, the question: of the future of uh, Tua. And I, I think, and there, and I think we've seen it already in the Dolphins' case, anyway. That like they just don't see Tua as the guy. I mean, you mm-hmm. saw the the whole weird thing with with what was going on with him and Fitzpatrick, you know, they put into a probably too early, right? Like Fitz was oh, yeah, playing well. Sure. They didn't, they didn't need to do that, but you do the move. You need to commit to that move at that point, but they didn't, they, they benched him about every other week, every single time, you know, just wasn't working well. They'd bench him and you know, that, that whole scenario. And then on top of that, you have all the discussion that they're after Watson. And I mean, there's, I feel like if you're Tua, Right, there's no way that you you just don't want out like at that. Well, like they clearly mm-hmm. don't want you there, or at least yeah. don't think you're that guy that they spent you know that that high first round pick on. But it, and I think it's going to be a mistake too. I think Tua is better than I, I think you get Tua in a like a good team, a better team. I think he's going to play really well. They have a, a horrible offensive line horrible. this year. They don't have yeah. a lot of weapons around him. Like, I think Tua is good, man. I mean. Yeah. Top five, get we'll we'll see, right? But I, I think he's still a lot of room for improvement. I think he's good, and whether he, I don't know that he's the the kind of guy to try and force himself out or you know what. But I, I think he will be a good, a much better and improved quarterback. which We've kind of seen happen with Miami. You know, we saw it with Tannehill. Now we'll, we'll see it with him. Mm-hmm. Guys leave Miami, and they just. Seemingly look much better, and I, I think it's going to be the case here. Whether that's Deshaun Watson coming in to replace him or somebody else, I do think Tua's time as a Dolphin is probably ending after this off season.
0: Yeah, Tua's a guy, man. I love that dude. He's he's like I said, he was playing prematurely last year, and I felt like it was forced from ownership that you know they wanted him to be out there to prove to everybody else, hey, y'all got Joe Burrow, y'all got Justin Herbert, we got Tua, he's he's great too, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. I hate it for him because Fitzpatrick was leading a team, and Flores knew he didn't want to start Tua, but he didn't have a choice, and uh, it was very unfortunate because, you know, I like my rookie QBs to sit anyway, and in that yeah. situation where you had a good defense and a veteran quarterback who was winning games for you, uh, it, was, it was unfortunate to see the way it unfolded, and yeah, I don't know how it's going to end up with Tua and Deshaun Watson, but The closer we get to the NFL offseason, there's going to be a lot of talk between those two teams for sure. So, uh, yeah, don't don't sleep on that one. There's both of those guys could be on the move, whether they're traded for each other. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, watch Mm -hmm. that one. Watch that one very closely. In the NFC, man, tell me, um, where do you want to start here? I mean, there's a lot that could be discussed. Um, Man, what are you thinking there?
1: Kind of, kind of paired Watson and two. I think we got another pair of guys that had a, a very similar, uh, at least start and just a different trajectory. Now, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, uh, they both had the off season. You know, the, all the all the reports of the disagreements that each of them had with their front office, right? You know, Rodgers had the the big press conference talking about everything that he felt like could could improve with the front office and the disagreements they had, and, and and all the reports with Wilson was pretty similar, right? But the. The thing is, since then is a uh, you know what what cures a lot of problems in the NFL is winning, and the Packers oh, yeah. have done a lot of that with mm-hmm. Rodgers, whereas the Seahawks have not. And uh, I guess I'll start with Rodgers. With Rodgers, I think he's gone. I think even with the winning and, and uh, they've looked great. I just. I think the reports in the off season were that he he didn't care about the money. Like it's not a yeah. money issue with him, yeah. right? Like it was, he felt like he wasn't as involved as he you know could be being there as long as he has and accomplished all he's done, which is which is fair, right? And I think he also has he has all the leverage. Basically, whatever he wants, I think is going to happen. I mean, it, that team was rough with Jordan Love. I don't think mm-hmm. he's ready to be that guy. No. So I mean, if if they want to compete, they they need they need him more than you know he needs them, right? He'll be good. Period and, and there were talks, you know, with with Denver even going after him in the draft.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought that was going to happen. I thought that was going to happen for sure.
1: Maybe he, maybe st- he still ends up there. I don't know, but I, I think, I think I could definitely see him moving, but I, but I could see him staying too. Whereas mm-hmm. Wilson, on the other hand, is the guy that it's hard to see him still being a Seahawk, right? I mean, they haven't. They, he has one playoff win since twenty seventeen. They haven't been to an NFC Championship game in seven years. He also, like Rodgers, has the issues with the front office, you know, and he said this rough year on top of it you know had the injury he hasn't really looked the same uh, he, he's he i'm more, i feel like he's a lot more likely to move than than Rodgers is but i could see him both moving realistically this off season, which would be huge right i mean that's two of the best quarterbacks in the league potentially <laughs> moving uh, what, what do you think here
0: yeah yeah uh man stay on wilson for a minute you know everybody knows that's my dude mm-hmm. and something's not right in seattle they don't draft well they never address the offensive line like they are not a well-run franchise when it comes down to it. I mean, they will they know they missed draft picks, so then they trade all the draft picks to go get guys like Jamal Adams, who's out for the season now, like, and he, he hasn't made that team better. Like, Russell, I think he's frustrated. You know, you can tell he's even-keeled, mild-tempered. Yep. But I think over these last two years, he's really starting to speak up and speak out and be like, hey, there's an issue here that hasn't been corrected and you guys aren't doing anything to help me. And, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Russell left. I had a, someone mention the other day, uh, the saints possibly, you know, maybe, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't know, but, uh, that would be a very interesting fit. Him going to, to new Orleans being paired with, with Sean Payton. Uh, so yeah, watch on that one, That'd that Russell incredible. Wilson, man, wouldn't that be? <laughs> so the Seahawks wouldn't want to do that, obviously, because, um, they're yeah. still in a conference, but, uh, But, yeah, man, watch for that Russell Wilson talk there. Who knows where he goes, if he goes anywhere. And then Aaron Rodgers, man. If there's one spot, you know, I'm hoping it's Pittsburgh, man. Like, I don't know. You can hear the excitement in my voice, but like, so I don't know if he's gonna be traded, if he's gonna be moved. We I know, I know you'd yeah. be ecstatic. I couldn't even
1: imagine. Oh, my Dude, goodness.
0: And I and I know my Steelers. <laughs> that's what I love about Pittsburgh. Will do anything they can to get him. Like we yeah. traded for Minka Fitzpatrick. You know, what I'm saying we traded for Joe Sherbert. We trade well. We signed Joe Joe Hayden and, and waivers. Like, like we're not afraid to make bold moves, man. And I love it. And Aaron Rodgers would definitely put it. Man, it would put us on cloud nine. So, if Aaron Rodgers somehow is available, I expect Pittsburgh to be calling from day one and trying to make make it happen as soon as they can. Now we'll see, we'll see what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. But uh, Green Bay, Green Bay started this noise. They started all this mess by taking Jordan Love when there was yep. no need to. Trading Aaron Rodgers up for Jordan trading up and we get a chance to see him against Kansas City, which is tough. Mm-hmm. We we addressed that in a previous episode. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, Green Bay has definitely dug themselves and they in a big hole with this Rodgers situation. Now, man, what about San Francisco, dude? They they traded up. Talking about trading up. They traded up to 3 from 12 to 3 to get Trey Lance and Jimmy G. You know, he's solid. He's a very solid QB. He can play anywhere, and win you ball games, man, what do you see happening in San Francisco?
1: Now, I I think and you you kind of mentioned this earlier. The 49ers are kind of going about this the way that you and and I as well like them to go is right. Like they're letting Trey Lance say so obviously mm-hmm. he got to play this year when Jimmy G got hurt, but like other than that, they like, they've let Trey Lance kinda sit back and, you know, practice and learn and you know do what he's gotta do as a rookie and let Jimmy G kinda run things. And I mean I, I think he's gonna end up moving. I think Jimmy G is good enough. Like he's I think he can play anywhere. Like mm-hmm. I I definitely think he's a starter in the NFL. He's not an elite guy, but I think he's a he's a starter. He can win you he can win you games. He, he's he's good. Like he's good. But when you, when you trade up that high to get somebody like Trey Lance, you're not just looking for good, right? Like Mm -hmm. they're, they're hoping Trey Lance is going to be, you know, that, that franchise elite quarterback for a long time. And I guess the question, and and this is something that we're not going to know until he's actually put out there to, you know, run things himself to see how it goes. If he's that guy, we don't know. They, they only see, you know, what they're seeing internally in practice and whatnot. But you got to think If you trade up that high to go get somebody that, you're pretty committed, right? At the very least, pretty optimistic mm-hmm. that he's gonna gonna work out. And it and it's no fault to Jimmy G. I mean Jimmy G I think could have been that guy if injuries hadn't you know, he's he's been rough. That team in general, we've talked about that with San Francisco. They've had some rough luck with injuries. But I, I think he's unlike some some other free agents potentially, I think he'll be fine. Like I don't think it's gonna be in San Francisco. I don't know that it's going to be your Steeler. I don't know where he's going to end up, but he's going to land a job somewhere, and I think he'll win you games. I think I think you know that he's a, he's a good quarterback.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy G is a, a very good quarterback. Like you said, it's all contingent upon his health. Um, yep. And the San Francisco team, very solid team, very talented. You know, as long as they can stay healthy, as you mentioned, and because it hasn't just been the QB position, but it's been the yep. entire team. And the defense has been hit hard this year. The running back position. Has been, uh, you know, if it's not Elijah Mitchell, then it's Debo Samuel who plays receiver. You know, so uh, yeah, man, uh, Jimmy G will definitely land on his feet somewhere, and I expect him to have a a great career somewhere else. But uh, yeah, another note with Jimmy
1: G, real quick, I think that is actually going to be big for him is that he has a really low cap hit for a quarterback, Mm -hmm. like a starting quarterback, right? Like he'll have a twenty-five million dollar cap hit, which is large, right? It's still, (laughs) don't get me wrong, it's a big amount, but for a starting quarterback, you can play at the level he can play at. Like he's gonna get picked up. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that's the same – we we paid Jacoby Brissett that same money when he started for us, you know, in, in Indianapolis, and Jimmy G is a better quarterback than Brissett. Like, I, he's he's going to land somewhere, and there's going to be a team that's going to be really happy to have him. And if he goes to one of these teams that have – like, even you guys, like, if he goes to a team kind of like he had in San Francisco that has a good defense and a good stability around him, I think they're going to be a really good team.
0: Yeah, no, I agree, man. You No, you're definitely right. Uh, You know, things could be very interesting – with the Niners having to make a decision. Is it time? Do we hold off another year? What do they Mm -hmm. do there? Now, to close this segment, man, about a minute and a half left. Matt Ryan, Atlanta, they have some decisions to make too. Uh, They obviously made a certain decision in the NFL draft to kind of let us know where they were thinking. But, uh, man, what do you think about Ryan and his time with the Falcons?
1: I I think Ryan – and that team, they're kind of in a similar spot as you as you guys, your Steelers, but but worse, right? They're in this weird
2: mm-hmm.
1: kind of almost rebuild, but not. You know they you know went and got the new the front office, the new head coaching hire, and a bunch of young guys. But uh, in the mix of all this, they still have Matt Ryan, the veteran quarterback, and that giant contract he has. It's like it's like they kind of want to do a rebuild, but yeah. not really. Yeah, you yeah. know. But at, but at some point, like you guys with Big Ben, like you gotta just rip the Band-Aid off and just it's time and and to his credit i think ryan's still playing well i think that team around him is really bad they're year,
0: horrible man, man. They're, they're really bad. bad i think
1: ryan is still a good quarterback
2: yeah
0: so i
1: think he could still play but when you're the falcon i mean that you're not winning without mm-hmm. like with ryan not his fault but you just have way too many holes way too much work to do i think it, i think it needs to be handled kind of like detroit did with stafford where you just need to say hey you know we had our run, we had our we had our shots you're still good enough to play you need to go somewhere yeah. you know kind of do him a solid because he's done right by them right yeah and I, yeah I, I think he it's it's time it's time and, it, and not because of him he's still good but that team's got so many holes so many holes that they're not going to fix with ryan's contract linging over and they just need to go ahead and face that head on and, and look ahead it's just it's, it's time
0: man I, I love the comparison you know so with matt stafford that was really good because uh you know ron has probably good enough maybe three years left you know on the right team he could he could give you a shot. You know, he could give the hmm. the contender a very good shot to, you know, maybe steal a Super Bowl before he wraps up. You know, uh but yeah, it's time Atlanta. Go ahead and pull it. Like I thought they would have taken Justin Fields and, and I get Kyle yep. Pitts. I get that. I, I but Fields, he's from the Georgia Atlanta area and no, I I just thought that's where they're gonna go if he failed to them at four. But, you know, you, it's harder it's harder to find a tight end like Kyle Pitts than it is to find somebody who can win you games at Q B. Um even if EV is just a manager at QB uh, for your team. So, Matt Ryan, I expect Atlanta, they're going to have a top five pick for sure, more than likely, yeah. right? Well, top ten pick, something like that. They'll take a QB this year. I don't think they'll, they'll hesitate. Uh, we don't know who that QB will be, but, you know, guys like Kenny Pickett from Pitt, uh, you look at Matt Corral from Ole Miss, you know, they're, they're, there's a few good a guys. time
1: as any. They get two years in a row now where they can take that shot and just take that shot. You know, turn the page, you know?
2: Mm-hmm, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. It's time they to turn the page. didn't do it last year, like you said. You mm-hmm. got to do it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Atlanta, the, the page needs to be turned. The time is now. Atlanta, you have to fully rebuild. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that'll wrap up this segment with the QB carousel. I'm sure we'll be talking more about this uh, predicament or predictions with these so-called predicaments that's going to happen here in the months to come. You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley.
1: Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Care Animal
3: Center is a local business partner at The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that is dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is careanimal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan, 334-794-6333. Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is the introduction sponsor for The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like big green eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp. Pinchapenny Pool, Patio, and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan, or phone 334-671-POOL. Richcrest Baptist Church proudly supports all local athletics. At Ridgecrest, we have many opportunities for all ages, including children, middle school, high school, and college students. I'm Chase Fault, the student pastor, and I want to invite you to see how your family might fit in at Ridgecrest. Learn more on our website at rbcdothan.org.
0: Welcome back to the Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch of Penny Pool Patio Spa. As we close with Rise and Fall, this is a segment of fantasy football, of course, talking about some of the guys next year who may be expected to go higher than their average draft position this year and some of those who are going to take a drastic fall when it comes to next year's draft man uh chris dude give me somebody to kick it off on this rise and fall segment
1: and i, I think i'm just going to go ahead and, and start this off as a colts fan excited colts fan. we talked about him before off air but uh michael Pittman mm-hmm. jr for the indianapolis colts he was a 10th or 11th rounder kind of in that area this offseason season. I think he will go much higher than that <laughs> uh, next year. I, I could Zier. see him being kind of a, a third to fifth somewhere in in mm-hmm. that range, you know. Mm-hmm. I think not. I think he even could even be higher. I think one of the issues, not necessarily with him, it's just our offense runs through Jonathan Taylor, right? So you always wonder about the you know amount of targets or whatnot he'll get. But even with Taylor still doing his thing, he's still been. I mean, he had t- what Taylor had thirty-two carries against Houston. And, Pittman still had eight targets and 77 yards, and he even had a, two carries for some yards, too. I mean, <laughs> he, he's going to be involved in the offense. I think he's kind of, especially because we don't know if Hilton's going to be there next year. I mean, Pittman's the guy, and anytime you I've told you this, anytime time you can get a number one receiver, I don't care where they're playing at. Mm-hmm, take him. I mean, it, yeah, he's worth a shot, and by God, in the 10th or 11th round, absolutely worth a shot, and he's, he's going to go higher than the next year. He, he's going to rise. That is a riser for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got him going in the fourth round next year. Like you said, third to fifth, he'll definitely fall somewhere in between there. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, for me, man, he's the first riser <laughs> on mine. Like, this is a dude, six-round pick out of Louisiana, ran like a four three nine at his pro day. Of course, didn't get drafted because they had Moster and they took Trey Sermon in yeah. the third round. I got Elijah Mitchell going in the second round next year, man. I think he goes as high as the second. Um, like, we know in times past, we're not sure what Shanahan's going to do. He's going to ride a committee. But this year, I know he hasn't had the option to do a committee, but I think he's seeing that, man, Elijah Mitchell can definitely carry the load. There's been been games where he's been fantastic. He's had games where he'll have 27 attempts, you know, so in that backfield. So Elijah Mitchell, man, undrafted to second round next year for me.
1: I I can see that, too. And like you said, he's still a rookie. I mean, and if he likes him, if Shanahan likes him that much already, I think that's a good sign for the future. I agree with you. Normally I'd be wary of Shanahan and that running back committee thing, but – you're getting that much love as a rookie. That's a that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next guy, it's a riser riser. Somebody we've already given some love to uh, earlier in in the show, but a Cooper Cup. Your guy, Cooper Cup. Not that he was super low this year. He's no. a fourth round guy this year, but that's a guy who I think has very much secured himself, at least conversation for that late first round, second round at the absolute mm-hmm. least. Mm-hmm. You know. Kind of with that Devontae Adams kind of guy, you don't think of him as kind of one of those receivers, but man, with the the chemistry that him and Stafford have, I mean, he he needs to be in that conversation, like one thousand percent. I mean, he's just been a monster this year in fantasy, and I, I don't see why that's going to change next year. I mean, it, it shouldn't. I mean, him, him and Stafford have got a special connection going, really special do. chemistry going, and that's uh, there's no reason to think that's going to get worse after an off season. You know, I, I, he's gonna. Might be a short rise, but he, he's going to rise for sure. A, a, a guys, you're not going to get him in the fourth round next year if you are. At, something, something wrong is going on. He's going to mm-hmm. go way higher.
0: Yeah, yeah. Cooper's going to be on the fringe, first, second round pick, like you said. I got him going in the second next year. I think he'll fall right outside the first, early second uh, Cooper Cup next year's draft, man. For me, my next guy, man, Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle is gonna uh-huh. be a—he's a, 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 a sleeper man. He went ninth round average this year. I got him going as high as the fourth next year, especially if you're playing in full PPR leagues, because they just want to get it in his hands. So it's a little yeah. dump off pass and let Waddle do the rest. So Jalen Waddle, one of the more electrifying players in the league already, and regardless of who the quarterback is in Miami, they took Waddle at what number six or number yeah. number seven, right? Because Sewell went six, right? So
1: might have been six. Either way, six? yeah. In that range.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. So man, Jalen Waddle going in the fourth round next year. Go ahead and take him.
1: Nah, I think you're right. I think I think you're right too, And that even if it isn't Tua, obviously the Alabama connection, I think even without Tua, he's yeah, he's clearly gonna be a focal point for that offense. I think you're right. Um, an- another guy for me, and it's actually I thought would be an interesting one to talk about, another 49er, Debo Samuel. He's an interesting one in that he was an eighth rounder this year. I think at the very least, he's going to go higher than that. The question of where he lands, I think, is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Not because of him, but because of what we assume will be the move to Trey Lance next year, right? Mm-hmm. How prolific of a passing offense will they have with Lance? We We don't know. We just don't know. But even just off potential alone, off what he's shown this year, he's going to go... Way higher, right? And I, I think he'll kind of land in that similar kind of three to five round, and it's, it's really hard to predict, I guess, just <laughs> what that offense will look like with Lance because it's going to be way different with Lance than it's, it is Jimmy G, right? And you assume it's going to be a lot more kind of QB runs oh, yeah. and things like oh, yeah. that. But, but I mean, Samuel's just been too good to not – just off potential alone, you're going to take him higher, I feel like. And there's mm-hmm. no way he's falling through the eighth round next year, right?
0: No way. No, not a chance, dude. Not a chance, yeah. Debo Samuel's a baller, man. I love that guy. I love watching him play. He's uh, he's he he plays like a running back, which is why they put him in the backfield sometimes, man. So I I definitely enjoy seeing Debo Samuel with the Niners, man. He's like you said, I got him going third round next year, but it'll be interesting to see where he does indeed fall, man. Now, now to close the Roz portion of the segment, um, uh, man, I I gotta go with Leonard Fournette, man. Uh, like he went eighth, you know, eighth round this year. He was an average type guy that uh, in that that round, and you know, nobody really wanted to touch that part of the of that backfield. Not sure if it's him or Ronald Jones. Well, we know now. We know for sure it's him. And he, I got him going third round, man. I think he'll he'll garner probably maybe some late second recognition as well, because Tom Brady will dump it off to him in a heartbeat and let him be the guy in the receiving end as well. So uh, Leonard Fournette going from the eighth round to the third round next year.
1: Oh, you're right. And you nailed the reasoning, too. It was just a question of Henry Ronald Jones, right? And that question has been answered. And a similar situation for my last uh, riser, Javante Williams for the Denver Broncos. Uh, He was already a sixth round, seventh round guy this year, which is pretty wild as a rookie, right? But we're. The next season is just going to be his show. And we got to see this previous week what he could do when, you know, Gordon's not there. Gordon, it will be a free agent next year. So you just, I assume Denver's not going to take him again. You never know. But I, I assume they're going to ride Javante. And because of that, I think he's going to be one of those bell Cow type guys. I think he could even go like a second round. Like, I think he's going to go really high next year. Javante, mm-hmm. he's looked really good. I think he's going to go really high. For, even maybe first is because of how much people value running backs, you know, like a late first. But at the very least, I think he's going to be in that second round.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I like Javante Williams, man. I like Melvin Gordon, too. But, yeah, it's it's looking a little bleak there. Uh, it's going to be Javante mm-hmm. Williams definitely next year. Melvin Gordon's a free agent. So, Gordon could be a steal for somebody next year in free agency. But it's it's definitely Javante Williams uh, starting uh, the year of 2022. Now, as we close, man, got like a, a, about two minutes here. Give me your fall, man. Give me a couple of your fall, guys. Uh, maybe your most surprising out of that two or three that you have. What are you looking at in that fall segment? So,
1: so the biggest fall I think I've got is that uh, James Robinson, and it's not for any fault of his own. I think this is more of an indictment on Urban Meyer and that Jacksonville organization. We already saw mm. this week where James Robinson fumbled, and they kind of put him in the, you know, in the doghouse, and they started yeah. running you know, Hyde, who just was he's no, he's not the player that James Robinson is, and I think if that's already happening, you you get Etn back in the mix. I mean, they already you know tried to get a first you know traded up to. Or used a first-round pick to spend on ETM when James Robinson was already a stud anyway. They Didn't need to do that. But now they're splitting carries with him and Hyde. I mean, uh, there's no shot that I'm taking James. Right? He was a third-rounder this year. I'm not touching mm-hmm. him the third round next year. Because yeah, I mean, yeah, if they yeah. I just don't. I don't trust that offense. I don't trust what Meyer's already doing with him. And then you throw ETN in the mix. So there's no way. And I, that's no fault of James Robinson. I think he's a fantastic player. He's a great player. But I'm, I'm not touching him remotely close to the third round next year.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trevor Lawrence spoke out that, you know, he's like, we got to play James Robinson. Like, he has to be on the field. Like, I don't care so if he made a mistake. You got to have him on the field. So, I expect him to be on the field uh, moving forward. When your quarterback, number one pick, speaks out, you're going to listen for sure. Now, uh, one of my fall guys, man, I'm starting with Allen Robinson. He yeah. was a third round pick <laughs> on average. I got him going to the seventh next year. Like, I think he's going to take a big drop. And because uh, we just don't know, we just don't know what to expect from from him. He doesn't have many big games anyway. But when the year that he's had this year, I think Allen Robinson will definitely take a precipitous fall when it comes to next year's draft. Man, you got one more fall guy for me as we close. Yep,
1: I got one more, and it's not a super big fall, but just somebody I think that's notable based on the last years. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, he's mm-hmm. been
2: the
1: bona fide number one pick the last two years with good reason, right? I mean, he's absolutely electric, especially in fantasy. Gosh, if you're in a full PPR league, I mean, he's just unreal for fantasy. Right? How much of usage he gets in that offense? But just these injuries, and you've talked about it before with other guys. But these injuries are just—it's making that first-round pick too risky. I think. I think next year McCaffrey's going to be this year's Saquon Barkley. Right? Like he's going to be—he's—he's still a good. He's going to be a first-rounder. Likely, but he it's just going to be who wants to take the shot on him. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be undisputed first round pick. It's to it's going to take that one you know guy or girl in your league saying, ah, what the heck, you know, and and just hoping.
2: Yeah, that's it. (laughs) It is,
1: he he is, he has hit that guy, which injuries are always a factor, right? But he's, he's, he's definitely not first round pick anymore. At least I, I'm not taking him there.
0: Yeah, yeah, man, that's tough. I love C Mac, but yeah, he does, he's not going to have that first pick next year, man. He's going to fall a few slots, like I said, we don't know how far, but. He'll definitely fall a few a few spots for sure, I believe, as well. Now, man, Calvin Ridley, um oh. after this year, man, we just don't know where he's gonna be yet mentally. Um, uh, to to garner a second round average draft position as he did this year. I got him falling to the six. That may be a little steep. But I think people are going to be a little more hesitant of taking Calvin Ridley and maybe take somebody else they know is going to be, uh, that that produced, you know, because we're always about what happened last year, what happened last year. I think really could take a a definite hit next year. And um, hopefully he bounces back. You know, of course we want him to be, you know, on the right side mentally uh, and physically and everything involved. But yeah, Calvin Ridley, I think that's somebody to watch that could definitely take a a hit come next year in the draft. Now, man, I'm gonna close, but I got 30 seconds. I'd ask you this because I was looking at risers. Jonathan Taylor, he went second round on average this year. Is he a top five back next year? Uh, yes,
1: yeah. I, I don't think there's.
0: Is he a top five question. pick? Is he a top I, five pick?
1: I think he is, man. I think he is. I mean, he was already getting. He was already getting in first round on some leagues anyway this year, and he's incredible. And one of the things we. I'm talking about these other guys, durability has not been an issue with him at all. And he's been super efficient with the carries he's got. That offense runs through him. We have a great off- – Colts have a great offensive line. And JT, Jonathan Taylor is 1,000% a top five pick in fantasy next year. You can book that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you heard it here first. If, it, if anybody knows, it's Chris Liuzzi when it comes to his Colts. Uh, so Jonathan Taylor will definitely be a top five pick next year. Not just a top five bet, but watch him to rise – from French first, second round guy to a top five selection in your fantasy football draft. That will conclude this week's episode with my guy NFL sweet spot correspondent Chris Liuzzi. This dude knows his stuff as you can hear. Some of you have already told me that he knows his stuff and it's really apparent when he's on that show
1: oh yeah me too man this is, is great to come talk with you and you know your stuff as well so it's, it's always fun to come in here and talk some nfl and especially this time of year december it's the playoff you know stretch everybody's got that especially in the afc everybody's hopeful maybe this is the year that you know my team will win who knows it's an exciting time to talk some football exciting time for the nfl and yeah it's a pleasure to come talk with you man
0: for more content subscribe to Corey Bradley Sports. Once you search Corey Bradley Sports, you will see the Sweet Spot logo. And after you subscribe, you will receive notification anytime new content is uploaded. The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts as well. And always remember, there's nothing better than being in the Sweet Spot.